Greetings to those who watch below. As it's now well and truly summer, it's time for people to head out into the woods on camping trips. Personally, I love going out into the woods. I feel a real sense of calm and oneness with nature. That is mainly the idea of doing it. However, as today's stories will illustrate, sometimes heading out camping can be truly terrifying. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Jess Black Curtin, Christina Groves, and Matthew Culgan for being those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that you can check out using the link in the description box. Also, if you haven't already, please check me out on Instagram and Facebook, and also subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit that notification bell so you never miss a video. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Smoky Mountain Campground Experience by Your Fuzzy Bear For my lady's birthday, I took her to Gatlinburg, a popular touristy one-main boardwalk town in the Smoky Mountains, Tennessee. We camped the first night, a few miles out in the woods, at a popular location, Elkmont Campground. The campground was beautiful, tall green trees like baby redwoods, a clear water river scattered by checkered rocks, families with little ones running around. Through borrowing a tent, we found that we had no stakes and headed into town for supplies, whiskey and hot dogs. It was dusk by the time we made it back to the campground. Most campers were surrounding their dissipating fires or cleaning up before the quickly becoming night. Our tent was still up, but crunched up without the stakes allowing it to spread open as widely as it could. We fixed our tent and started a fire. As our night progressed, we found ourselves surrounding our campfire two to three hours later, around midnight. Now, this was the sort of campground where another campsite is just 30 yards from yours. Bears frequent the area, and my girlfriend was already freaking out a little bit, which is why I booked our site in the dead centre of the whole campground. All of the campers had gone to bed at this time, and the only sound we could hear was the slowing crackle of our fire and the light stream of the river flowing into rocks. The clouds were covering a crescent moon, so there wasn't much light to begin with. We had flashlights, and I'd occasionally shine the light around us while avoiding hitting other campers to confirm that we were fine and there were no bears with binoculars in the bushes spying on us. Seemingly out of nowhere, from the campsite behind my girlfriend and to my left, a light shined directly on us, and then all around in a frantic yet focused manner, like the Eye of Sauron. What appeared to be a man, with the strangest gait I've ever seen, wore a headlight and was focused on his picnic table. The man's gait seemed a bit like Jar Jar Binks, just not normal. Through a peripheral stare of my own, the man focused his light on the picnic table, and whenever I turned my head toward him, immediately his light would hit my girlfriend and I. I could only see the outline of the man through the light of his headlight, and the occasional flash of my light at his campsite once he continued to flash his light at ours in a very disconcerting way. This was the campsite across from us, where we saw no one all night prior. I could only see the outline of his body as all black, as if he was in an all black bodysuit, his movements were eerily repetitious for what went on close to an hour 
This man would shine his headlight on his picnic table, make limited motions with his hands, if any at all, then walk five steps back to his tent, shine his headlight at his tent, walk back to the picnic table, shine his light at us, and then start over again. If this was just a man looking for something, he was on a cocktail of drugs. Once his light was on us for too long for comfort, I shined my flashlight on him for an extended time. It was at this moment I went from annoyed to fight or flight. A chill ran down my back, and I saw the outline of the man disappear in front of me, and the headlight bounced to the ground, and then flew across the ground from his campsite, and seemed to jump along the ground and into the bushes diagonal from both our campsites. Not as if it had been thrown, but as if it ran across the ground. I took my flashlight away and watched his light slowly come back out of the bushes and climb back up to the height of a person. The shadow figure returned back, walking out of the bushes and back to the campsite to continue the odd behaviour. There were no sounds at all coming from this figure through the entirety of the night. Sometime later, we went into the tent for shut-eye, and the shadow man figure was still at his odd routine. The following day, the tent from shadow man's campsite was gone, like no one was ever there. I then found out that just a mile from our campsite was a small town called Elkmont Ghost Town, with abandoned buildings and a cemetery up a trail a bit. I couldn't find any other stories of Elkmont mysteries, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's other stories involving a headlight man. A Night of Terror in the Bush by Aussie Red Dog My tale takes place a few weeks back while camping in the bush. This was my first break in several months from work, as I'm now a roadie for international bands. I decided to go camping with two old mates up in the bush for a few days, far away from the world as possible. I'm an experienced bushman and camped in the bush many a times over the years. We had heard about a place way out at the back of a small town named Keogal in northern New South Wales at the back of Mount Lindsay. The locals call it Yowie country. A Yowie is an Australian equivalent of Bigfoot, an Aboriginal mystic creature like the Bunyip. So just before the entrance to Keogal is the gateway to the National Park. After a few hours of driving, we finally found the old road that led to our proposed camping site. It was located on an old disused logging trail. Not many people. In fact, no one goes anywhere near here, which made it better for us. We left the truck five miles from where we camped and made our way through the dense forest along the barely recognisable track, avoiding snakes and jumping ants before we found our site. It took about 20 minutes to set up the site, tarpaulin over the branches to prevent rain from wetting us, a pit to bury our beer in to keep it cool, and also food buried in it as well, and a decent fire pit. After gathering woods and twigs, we were ready for a good night of playing cards and drinking beer, and talking about the best routes we'd had. You know, the usual BS. The night was clear, as I remember, and hot. No moon, but the stars were like little eyes peering down at us. I had to go towards the old lizard and stumbled off with the torch into the bush, hearing the lad's cat calling out, saying, Beware the boogeyman. I was more concerned about the bloody death adders and brown snakes, never mind the bloody boogeyman. As I was doing my business and gazing at the stars, 
A strange and horrible smell, like something rotten, overwhelmed me. Like as if someone let off a fart that stunk so bad that it really made my eyes burn and water. I stumbled back, gagging, but as I stumbled back to the campsite, I thought I heard a deep growl. Like when your stomach rumbles when you had nothing to eat, but louder. The hairs on the back of my neck rose as I quickly hurried back to the site. I told the other two, but they said that it might have been some animal, so we went back to our card playing. It was 11.45 by now, and I was dead beat. I had my sleeping bag already unrolled and crawled off after saying night to the other two, and slid into the bag. It wasn't long before I passed out. I don't know how long I was asleep, but the three of us were suddenly woken up by the strangest, spookiest, loudest piercing scream that I've ever heard. It was not human. It was inhuman. We sat up and looked at each other when we heard loud crashing coming towards our campsite, like a bulldozer rampaging through the bush. Whatever the hell it was, it was big. Then I saw it. Something massive, well-built, coming crashing through the forest. I couldn't make out the details, but it looked strangely like a human, or even better, a gorilla. The smell will haunt me to the end of my days. It was that rotting stench like a corpse. This thing stood over seven feet tall as it came tearing through the campsite, then vanished into the night. We all jumped up, gibbering like madmen about what we just witnessed. Was it just some hippie that just smoked some potent weed? No, can't have been. Too tall and well built to be a hippie. But it smelled like one though. I'll tell you this. None of us slept that night. I had the hatchet ready, while one of my mates had a huge branch. The other, I don't know what he had, but we waited until dawn popped its head over the ridge before we laughed. What we saw in the daylight frightened the Christ out of us. The small saplings were all bent back and snapped. Some of our gear was trampled beyond repair, but we were so shaken by our experience that we drove into town. We didn't tell the locals about what we saw or heard, in case they thought we were nuts. I did find out, though, that a few weeks after we saw that, someone else had the same experience, a few miles from where we were. Camping Experience by Rare Experience 3312 Six or seven years ago, I was invited to go camping with a group of guys. I had no idea what the plan they had for this trip was, this was my first excursion camping, so I was good to go with nearly anything. I should also mention this was in mid-January in Ohio when this all went down. So we get down to the location, we set up our tents, and the main guy of the group, Andy, built this tarp house with propane heaters for us all to hang out in. We're all in there drinking a little, sharing some weird stories. Somehow, we get onto the subject of the Reagans, but that soon passes and a guy named Joe starts up about a ghost town nearby, named Circleville, that's supposedly about three miles away from where we're camping. It turns out, this was a ploy to test me, and see if I can hang with these guys. Whatever, I've been to war, I'm sure I can handle whatever goofy shit they may throw at me. As a bonus, I'm a big horror fan, and have been interested in the paranormal supernatural stuff from a young age, so I was good to go, or so I thought. We finished our bull sash, we go to our respective tents, and go to sleep. The next morning is the day we are meant to hike to Circleville. 
We bundle up, grab a few things that may help with our hike, and then we drive to a trail that's meant to lead to Circleville. I'm asking questions about the town, like, why is it a ghost town? Why and how is it haunted? When we get there, should we play Turn Me On, Mr. Deadman? Let me say, no one appreciated the last question. I was disappointed. Anyway, we get to this trail and start our hike. Before, we reach this small river we have to cross. Luckily, there is a fallen tree we could use to cross over to the other side. Spirits are high, and we're fairly excited to see this ghost town. We keep hiking and come across some railroad tracks and start walking on those, assuming they'd lead to Circleville, since there's supposed to be a haunted railway tunnel that leads into the town. I wasn't with the best navigators. Three miles comes and goes. We're cold, getting worn out, so we stop and discuss what's going on. We decide to turn around and head back to camp. After this decision, we hear a faint train whistle, so we get off the tracks and walk near them to the side. A good while passes and we see no train, but continue to hear a faint train whistle. We chalk it up as maybe the wind in our minds toying with us. We continue on the same way we came. We get to the same river, yet the tree that was fallen over before is no longer there. We also found that odd, but thought maybe it was moved because it wasn't safe. Who knows? So we find an arrowing and cross on foot. As we cross, we see a lady floating down this river. Again, mind you, this is mid-January. No one in their right mind would be doing this. That spooks us a little, but we continue on. We finally get back to camp without incident, warm up in the propane heat tent thing, and a few minutes pass and we hear giggling. We send Joe out to see if anyone is nearby. No one, not a soul nearby. The closest campers were about half a mile or so away down a hill. As the night progresses, we hear the giggling a few more times. For fun, we share goofy ghost stories to help our minds rest. After we eat, we decide to go to sleep. Now, this is where it starts to get even weirder. We all experience different things that night, but we all have one thing in common through the tales. This common thread was a dream of a sign that read, Circleville, half mile. We share our tales in the morning to each other. One was stalked by an unseen thing, the other haunted by the lady in the river. I had a dream, or so I thought, of walking into an old church, and as I did, everyone in the church turned to me and looked as if they'd been decaying. As the day goes on, we all feel as if we are being watched and followed. Every so often, we'd see something out the corner of our eyes in the woods that surrounded our campsite. We get a little worried, but figure we can hold them off if anything happens. Oddly, at this campsite there was little to no cell reception, so if shot, we were going to go the full-blown bananas. We could call for any emergency service. In the propane tent again, we think about how we're all feeling this sense of being watched and followed. We start to throw all kinds of ideas out there, like did we step into a similar but different dimension while on our hike? Did we actually make it to Circleville? And what we saw was too traumatising and our brains are playing tricks on us. Maybe that lady in the river was a witch. Who knows, we thought of all kinds of whacked out scenarios as to why this may be. That night, it got ungodly cold, so I decided to sleep in my car. Sometime in the night, I feel my car shaking, so I wake up and look around. I don't seem to see anything, so I go back to sleep. A little while later, 
I hear muttering outside my car and feel the car start to shake again. I think it's the guys at this point and say, Haha, real funny, now stop it. It does temporarily. At this time I'm pissed. I wake up and see my car surrounded by five people. The same people I saw from my dream the other night in the church. They're glaring at me and all of a sudden the door where I was resting my head flies open and I'm pushed out of the car to the ground. I hear footsteps coming over to me and those same five people combine into one large lovely transparent mass with glowing eyes. I'm stiff both due to being cold and a little in fear. It crouches down and simply says, You were so close. And then just disappears. What the hell does that mean? The next morning I'm freaking out, telling the other guys what happened. Gary, another guy there, mentions, That's weird. I heard something like that last night and saw shadows on the tent walls, but assumed it was the other guys. At this point, we quickly pack up our stuff, let out the fire we started, and start to head home. Before we leave the area we camped out, I see that large figure again as we leave, and like in the dreams, as we head home, we see that street sign, Circleville Half Mile. What the hell happened those few nights? To this day when we discuss it, no logical conclusion can be come up with. It's odd that five grown-ass men have the same experience or similar, at least involving one thing. What do you think this might have been? It Fell From The Trees by Nick Is My Name One I was 27 and working at a Boy Scout camp far up in the woods of the very northerly Northern California. Where I worked had a large population of black bears, which for the most part were rather harmless and easy enough to scare away with a shot from a rifle. However, we had a large number of Boy Scouts at this camp weekly, sometimes as many as 500 heads, and with a lot of vastly spread out campsites, there's going to be a few campers who sleep with candy bars in their pockets and basically make themselves a prepackaged dinner snack for a bear. I tell you this, black bears love Reese's peanut buttercups. As part of staff, oftentimes I was scheduled for bear watch and basically strolled the entirety of the camp with a rifle, going from site to site, making my presence known so as to ensure the bears wouldn't come anywhere near. On one of these routine nights, Everything was more still and more quiet than usual, and I remember finding it rather odd and unsettling. I'd just checked in on the camp the furthest away from all the other camps. It was a good half mile away from base proper. As I'm strolling along the trail that runs beside the lake, I stopped to take a number one, and light a joint that I had stashed away for such an occasion, for being out by the lake at two in the morning. As human beings, we have natural gut instincts we must always adhere to for our own survival. There was definitely a gut feeling I had that things were amiss. Not only was it unusually still and quiet, but I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched, and that I was most certainly not alone. I nervously took a few puffs from my J and then put it out, now being more aware of the unnerving sense in the air. I've been face to face with a bear, I've been stalked by a mountain lion, I've slept a little too close to a den of coyotes late in the night, but this was different. I didn't have the sense that I was in the presence of any of these animals. The smell was overwhelming. It didn't smell like any bear I've experienced. It was almost sour, but still musky. 
I'll never forget the smell, but I can never find the words to properly describe it. As I reached for my flashlight, before considering readying my rifle, a massive boom hit the ground, falling from the trees above and nearly knocking me on my ass from the sheer force of it. I reached for my flashlight that had fallen to the ground as I heard something large, something massive, running away from me into the tree line up into the hill above. Immediately I considered it was probably the biggest bear I'd ever come across, and black bears can be spooked easily, so at first I considered myself lucky. But as I lay there, hyperventilating, shaking and quaking in my boots, I started to consider the sound of the beast running away. It didn't sound like the stride of a black bear in flight. It sounded bipedal. It sounded human. I braced myself, stood up, readied my rifle, released the safety, and shot upward into the air toward the lake. It woke many campers and the scoutmasters alike. I stood out there for a good ten minutes alone, before camp leader and some other staff came to me. During that time, I had my flashlight out and was inspecting the scene. Whatever had dropped from the branches above fell from possibly twenty feet, and in its wake of running away, had torn off branches off the hill line that stood thirteen feet from the ground, and some smaller trees were bent almost all the way into the ground. I have never seen a bear do that, that's for sure. By the time some of the staff and some concerned campers arrived, everybody was stumped. Most campers, to comfort themselves, insisted it was just a bear. I do know this. No bear running on all fours stands 13 feet tall, and no bear can run on two feet for 12 yards uphill on two legs. They just don't do that. We're all thinking it, so I'll just say it. I think I encountered a Sasquatch that night. If not, I don't know what it was, but I'm glad it was running away from me and not at me, because whatever that thing was, beast or man, it was gargantuan, and I would not have stood a chance if it had decided to confront me. The Campground by Grungle Cakes This story takes place in southern Illinois, near an old campground about three or five miles north of the city of Mount Vernon. I was about 19, I'd say, so that puts this about nine or ten years ago. It was also fall, I believe early October. I was younger, and definitely a lot more ignorant of danger back then. I always kept a fire poker in my trunk when I'd go into the woods, because, well, I'd been attacked by a turkey before, and just basically got a stick between me and it before I scared it off. It was about 10.30pm, and I had made up my mind that I didn't want to see anyone for a whole evening. I had had a pretty bad breakup, and was very upset. Nature always made me feel better, so I decided to go to an old campsite to, well, conquer my demons, so to speak. I typically never did this type of thing, but I wasn't thinking about much other than my angst. I did have the presence of mind to bring a knife and a coat my grandmother gave me, so at least I'd have some protection from the elements. I didn't have a light, so I used my phone's terrible flashlight. It got the job done, so I wasn't upset. So I walked into the drive for this campground and snuck my way past the gate without any cars seeing me. It wasn't far to the campsite, but there were small hills blocking the view on either side, so all I really could see was the trunks of some small trees and the darkness. This camp had an old rumour that on certain nights 
a white lady would haunt the edges of the woods at midnight. I figured why not squat a bit and see if it were true. I checked around the camp and made sure there was nobody else here. Then I opened one of the cabins and sat for a while. Before I knew it, it had started to rain. I mean rain hard. I could barely see outside to begin with, but now it was impossible. Thankfully, there was a light that came on from the large barn at the entrance of the camp. By the time the rain had stopped, it was midnight. I looked outside and sure enough, no white lady. I'll admit at the time I was disappointed. It didn't last though. After, I sighed and walked out into the now light drizzle of rain, just lost in thought, wondering what to do next. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever felt the total stillness of the woods, but those of you that have know it is a dread unlike many others. Your body gets cold, your hair stands on end, and you feel a crippling fear begin to seize you, screaming to run. I felt that. I felt it immediately, though I couldn't figure out why. I felt eyes on me. I knew I had to run. But one thought kept screaming in my ear. If you run, it won't like that. I knew it was true in my soul, but I knew I couldn't stand here either. I did the only thing that I knew to do at the time. I ripped my poker out and brandished my knife in the other hand and screamed. Now, it was more of a shrill, I'm terrified kind of scream, not one I had ever heard come out of my throat. But I was shaking and ready to fight or run the hell out. Thinking back, it was probably the latter. That fear became a reality though. Behind the concessions building, I heard something that honestly haunts me. It was no animal. It wasn't anything indigenous. Whatever was watching me was standing on the building and dropped behind view and ran on two feet at a very fast pace. Whatever it was, it was in the woods between me and my car. Worse yet, I realised that if it had followed me, it may have been from the light, because I tried to stain the light as much as I could, and my phone was basically a beacon to me. I admit, I was in tears from fear. I know it isn't manly, but I was shit scared, because I knew I had to walk in that dark all the way back to my car, or it would get bold and come back. It took me half an hour to make it back a five minute walk, but I made it. I could barely stop myself from shaking as I made sure my car was clear and the area was clear. I didn't see anything else. I heard nothing else. I wish I had more to give, but that's where my story ends. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. Have you had any terrifying camping trips with anything not of this world? If so, let me know in the comments section below. Or if you'd like me to tell the story in full, make sure to send it to my email address, which is also in the description box. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure to hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. So, until next time, sleep tight. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.